And I want to now come to the founders you invest in and uh, just generally how you see the entrepreneurial ecosystem in India. You've done obviously a whole host of investments. Uh, I love that, by the way, when when I decide to invest somewhere, you decide to invest without even... So think about it, no? <laughs> without even I looking at... Associate yourself with the right people. <laughs> I trust you. I know you will not generally do a thing. So I looked at the broad investment thesis, but if you, time is my most important currency... You spend time with the company. You spend time in evaluation. Now, why should I also spend that <laughs> much same time? I'm short circuiting the time I'm using. Correct. And I may do that for use that same time for uh, being with my family or uh, reading a book. That's a much better use in my view. Because why should I second guess you? If I'm second guessing you, I should not even do it. Yeah, agree. But tell me about about the investments you've made. What you've learned at a at a in a, from a more startup context, not not other yeah. investment, but from a startup context. See, founders think, you have worked with see, I think um, cash flow thinking okay, and founders who really think cash flows I think are phenomenal to me because you know, anybody who talks of only burn rates I know is going to be at least for me there are different investment styles I am investing personal capital Okay, so I want to make sure, as I said, every founder I say, you're funding my daughter's education, you're funding my son. So I just make it like, it has to stick with them that, you know, they better not, uh, but on the, that's on the lighter side. On the, so cash flow thinking is very important to me. Second is, I always try and say, would I love to be at the airport? If there is a, you know, both of us are on a, in this, the airport and we see the flight has been delayed by three hours. Would I say, iske sath abhi ghanta. <laughs> Let me figure take a book. Okay. Versus I'll say, wow, I've got now three more hours with Shantanu. That's a privilege. So I will only invest if I think that uh, the, you know, the delayed, so it, I call it my delayed flight test. Huh. The delayed flight test is very good for me. If I'm going to enjoy, so one of the investments I've made, I know I will never make any returns out of it. But that guy is so interesting. He huh. does a uh, whiskeys and uh, fine spirits business. Okay. Maybe I'll make some money at some stage, but he's so interesting. He's taught me so many things. Uh, he doesn't burn money because his cash flow thinking is very strong. So I don't want to burn money. It's not like philanthropy or passion investing. It is for hardcore. But the interesting thing that you learn so many things from these founders. So to me, it's also about being connected with the people whom I can learn a lot about. Freshness, innovation. Uh, what I don't want to do is if somebody has just... Uh, is copying something blindly or some it's an idea from somewhere you're trying to adapt it to India I love it when founders tell me this is a crowded space I'm going to do more there somebody okay somebody who is putting you know who's risking a sure shot job and all and going into a crowded space that means that guy has conviction and he knows it's not going to be an overnight win there is no overnight win every startup whatever idea they start with is going to Pivot two, three times in any case. So startup plan doesn't matter. Okay, startup plan won't matter at all. But the founder is willing. He's found that niche. He wants to make that behavioral change happen. So to me, that's that's been my thing of founders. The uh, who they are, what have they done in the past? Have they given up enough? Because if they have given up enough, they will want to do something with their life. Uh-huh. That's the the crux of it. So you're saying enough skin in the game from an opportunity standpoint, also not just yeah. In the past, right? You, you do a stable thing. Why would you give all of that up? Correct. Yeah. People who are not thinking of exit. That's a very important criteria. Anybody who tells me this is and then we will exit to X. I'm like, <laughs> run. Run like crazy. Anybody who tells me profit is 
not important right now or nobody tells it these days but suddenly you figure out ki he's focused on the wrong metrics okay and you know it's again metrics in the startup world are also very pure i mean somebody had this saying which i have modified which says metrics are like bikini bathing costumes what they reveal is interesting <laughs> but what they conceal is important okay so you need to be able to understand what is that metric why are you even tracking it what's the what is the thing about it so yeah. founders who focus on the right <clears throat> things actually will get more than valuation what is the value proposition are you discussing value proposition more valuation is an outcome agree any red flags in founders post facto post facto yeah of course i think um, anybody who has an easy way out okay uh, never go for it if somebody who's like saying okay if you can you'll figure it out after series b and you know saying things are not working founder starts creating backup options and so on so i think that's a that's a red flag people who don't communicate what enough. kind of backup options like you know it's again goes to the whole we will sell to x we mm. can start they start talking of consolidations you know we'll put abs together what happened to the business plan you showed me 6 months back correct believe in it no you now want to do you're already talking at series b series e series f i mean all of that stage obviously consolidation is fine but too early you're starting to talk and it may still as an investor give you great returns right? mm. it, it again depends but that's something which if i have to double down i won't do it correct um i won't do it because i'm like then it's better to whatever is there let it uh, exit second is founders who don't communicate often okay there is a tendency that if you are being successful you know founders just don't even like uh, because early on you see they are communicating over communicating telling you suddenly they vanish i understand time because you know when your company grows big you cannot communicate with an angel investor who had given you like some very small amounts earlier but at least once in 6 months or an email newsletter which goes out so some form of communication without that uh, because as a investor unless you are an institutional investor will obviously be in touch individual investor beyond a point i will have to make the efforts and then i figure out yaar to chhod do matlab i may still do well on the investment but that's not some founder which i will double down on okay angel investing is tricky right because max risk given the stage minimum liquidation preference absolutely and no rights and minimum contact with the founder so it's it's right off but but that's why that's why i go back to saying i really like to <clears throat> to like the founder and i should believe that i'm going to get that psychic returns by just being associated with the guy is teaching me new things exposing me to new uh, ways of thinking and by the way those are huge some of the best ideas in corporates have come from you know when a founder i said you know why not let's disrupt this okay i'm talking to a founder he's telling me very innovative things of supply chain financing and i'm like but banks do this he's like no here are the five things banks don't do yeah. i'm like wow that is what banks don't do yeah. and you've got on to that and i think that will be a great uh, segue forward i also founders give me confidence to take risks and if this guy is taking there is why am i not able to do something what's the downside for uh, uh, putting this investment or building a business this way founders teach you so many things because in corporates you have people who would rather conform to the norm you don't want to you know break too many things because yeah. you destabilize founders <clears throat> and some of them are like disrupt themselves they will start something else like uh, what you said no you found a new opportunity let's get a new team which will disrupt or which will create the category that kind of pace agility innovation i just feel i feel i should learn from uh, those founders so only financial returns 
you know, I, I'm better off, by the way, still buying the Nifty Bs <laughs> or uh, S&P 500, risk-adjusted basis. But unless I'm able to get more and contribute more to founders, there is no passion. Uh, I mean, you have to feel passionate about it. It's not about like joining an angel network where you <laughs> attend nah, pitches yeah. on a Saturday. That's a very, That's very there are many other uses of your money and time, I feel, than, than doing that. No, I agree completely. I think recommended founders are the only ones that at least I... Today, the, the quality of founders today is just off the charts. Like, they make me feel deeply under uh, under competent. The, the quality of founders is great, but the quantity of capital chasing those is too much. See, last one and a half years in the VC space, India has got $50 billion of VC founders. India, before that last five years, even if you adjust for COVID, was able to absorb 7 to $8 billion. From 7 to $8 billion coming into the country, you have $50 billion come in. Obviously, bad capital allocation is going to happen. Correct. And it will, in a way, it's a good thing because it will clean up some of this stuff. But I just hope that the quality founders focus on the right issues. And, you know, initially people, and I have this theory, I could be wrong, uh, is at the $500 million valuation benchmark, some people start thinking that they can walk on water. Okay. That's a real... That's, that's an interesting number. That's, that's very close. No, that's kind of where we are right now. Maybe a little bit. We'll touch there in a quarter or two. See, because what happens is when you have gotten there in such a short span of time, you are now looking around and saying you are now bigger than some of the 100-year-old companies in this country by market cap. Okay. You are now employing the more people. Your brand is out there. Okay. Bombay Shaving Company is among the top 10 brands uh, in the country. And I'm like, and you've done it in such a short span of time. And then... You suddenly, because in this age of social media, you are now invited onto this. You have a somebody who's run a 50-year business. You are in that same league. And you start feeling invincible. Okay, That is the risk. That's why you have many people stuck at the unicorn valuation. One billion, next round, it's the stagnant unicorn syndrome, I call it. You're always stuck at one billion because what has happened is, Investors have given you that additional thing. You have negotiated for that additional valuation. You were, you did not deserve that unicorn. But you got it. And now you're growing into it perpetually. Yeah, and you have made more mistakes because you, you felt I had a unicorn. So then you start making more mistakes. Then once you make those mistakes, investors are like, ya to flat round, ya down round. And then you are not willing to do it. So you have a conundrum. So you guys you get stuck there. So that's the kind of thing which I actually worry about. But quality of founders experience because many of these founders know they have worked in a startup yeah okay the first set of founders did not work in a startup they worked in traditional corporate jobs or consultants or whatever i'm calling consultants or traditional corporate but i'm seeing this set of founders have seen what it means to be a startup employee they have seen agility they understand the kind of talent to be attracted they are not scared to take the risk so that's why and they know the the pitfalls of a startup because many of them have also said you know the startup me yeni chala yeah they they left because of a reason so their maturity on building startups actually quite high does it lead to uh, and Aman spoke about this he <coughs> walking on water and the god complex does it lead to bad habits that are irreversible irreversible or no, I think the world teaches you enough lessons to reverse many things but it does lead to some some bad habits and uh, so on because it's almost like there are things which made you successful. Sometimes it was humility, your ability to connect and take insights from everybody because as a founder, in the, in the zero to 
10 million 20 million you are taking insights from everybody you are going and meeting people you are very humble you are saying sir aap mujhe batao kaise karu main main karna chahta hu main karunga afterwards it is like you know i know it i have done this tumne kya kiya hai hmm. moment you get into that phase i think it's a red flag for it's, a, it's a very quick switch to it that, that that because your valuation increases so rapidly then you are like i think that valuation should not be a validation yeah okay valuation as an outcome is okay valuation as a validation of you is a different thing okay no some of the because if steve jobs had done that if he was like backpacking in the himalayas and so on and it would have been a very different experience yeah okay but he learned you just and founders learn very rapidly and they come back and do their next gig which is like phenomenal and that's what i really admire that you don't stay fallen but you know as somebody um is you know you have to you have to treat people well on your way up because you know you'll meet the same people on the way down <laughs> and you don't know when you will meet them so yeah. that's i just feel is something which people should no i think you're right i think we are now in a funding winter and money is hard to come by of course public markets have started rebounding but given the war is but it'll get there ha but my okay. view is that what happens in the interim is is limited to a very few number of people and a very few number of decisions we were just talking about decacons that are now that are now become house of cards yeah that's very dangerous precedent because what ends up happening is it closes avenues to capital to actually good founders who are building cash positive interesting you know long term businesses but suddenly will not have access to capital because somebody made a set of choices that were completely avoidable and now you have 20 billion dollars of 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 Overhang. of ha of wealth which is just vanishing very quickly how do you, how do you, how do you protect against that like do, or is there no way that that's the cost one has to pay i think that's the cost of learning i think there's a cost of learning that there will be decacons who may become unicorns but they will learn i i, I just think that you know people will figure out what made them that valuable that great in the first place if they find their mojo back i think it will it will happen i also think that uh, it's also learnings for some entrepreneurs saying look this is how a good business is to be built okay. the fundamentals don't change okay. uh, you just cannot like uh, dress and make up differently but the core of who you are i think as a business as a value proposition i think it actually will build better entrepreneurs is my uh, my view i think what makes founders amazing is is your second archetype ceo right naked ambition and very obviously out there it has a downside in the sense for i'll give you two examples right for example paytm ipo at 20 billion obviously is getting getting hammered in the market right now uh but i think paytm is fundamentally probably the most innovative company over the last 6 7 years yeah. road upi work with the government change consumer uh, behavior and has created financial innovation which no public sector bank or institution in india could have done that's what they did and i think at 5 to 10 billion dollars is a hugely valuable business founder should be extremely proud of what is an extraordinary outcome but because the bar on next return was so high that for some reason there is a gray cloud on on paytm and its public success or you look at ola for example ola is a fantastic 2 billion dollar business probably one of the best founders we have seen over the last two decades deeply focused on 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 mobility now moving into electric 
what has raised three billion dollars? Now, when you have raised three billion dollars, you have to have an enterprise value of six to eight billion dollars, right? But if, if that company does not have the appetite to have six to eight billion dollars, unless they do something extraordinary with their electric vehicles and so on, but just car mobility or you know car plus bike transport from point A to point B, which is the original vision, that would have been a fantastic two billion dollar business. But because of this steroidal push of capital, you push a founder like that to off the edge and then you destroy value isn't it the responsibility of of people who are even young kid out of iit i impossible to 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 see right but you have the backing of the best investors of seen this in many places why don't we why don't we see it up front like why, why, what is this is it not greed like in a weird gluttonous way but no but this is but this goes back to the economics of investors right for an investor uh, and again understand it that investor is not the investor's money he is also taking it from lps, LPs who are pension funds who are family officers and so on pension funds alternative is a us stable 2% yeah okay uh, now for them this is fascinating phenomenal money so they are going to give it to the investor the investor the the vc and so on what is their mark of success moment it becomes deployment because the more faster i deploy the faster i can go back huh. okay i deploy i show valuation uplift i go back so i am the pipe which is actually trying to get money from lps as fast as possible so many of them are multi asset class manager gatherers i need to gather <laughs> all of it uh, because pension funds have a very sovereign fund pension fund very long term thing and you know people have to contribute to pensions you know Correct. in the developed market so they are going to always have money Correct. because the population is always going to be there and they need to meet their retirement uh, needs so deployment becomes a very important need so if you need 2 million i'm going to say bada socho bada socho kya 2 million aur as ankur would say do epic shit do epic shit bada socho yaar 2 nahi 20 leke 5% market share i want to cream the market but you are not ready for it your organization is not ready for it maybe the market is not ready for it and now yet you are trying to go and do something like that so that is one aspect there plus from a vc standpoint no you are one of the 10 investments in their portfolio for vc economics to work they don't need you to succeed yeah. they just need out of those 10 two to succeed disproportionately six, correct six will go to zero correct you look at every successful vc in the country or around the world in a uh, but, uh, but, you know basket of 10 you will have six will or five will definitely have gone to zero some will have gotten 1.2 times the capital back but on an irr basis it's gone yeah. two which succeed will be like 100x 150x they will more than have made up uh, for the return the fund the fund managers their reputation they will become iconic investors okay so the measurement philosophy and how the economics of funds work is responsible for this Okay, and I am hugely incentivized. If Shantanu, please take more money from me. I don't want to be diluted. If Shantanu succeeds, I don't want to be diluted. I want you to continue and uh, take money from me uh, rather than from somebody uh, else. And you know, maybe Shantanu will become uh, the two of the ten and not the eight of the ten. So I, so that's the the economics is one uh, angle there. I think there is another angle uh, in terms of uh, the greed and so on. So I don't think, as I said, it's. capitalism and economics which drives it's not greed it's just if my economics were deployment i would also want to find as many avenues to deploy so long as i get my downside right so i've done my forensic i've done some of the basic compliance checks good business good thing i'm i'm deploying but that's why the great investors are actually who take a 20 year horizon they are there they have been there in 2000 they are there today 
they have been sort of changing their investment thesis whenever too much capital gets into a space they can just softly they exit and find something else okay to me so that's been the uh, the philosophy now how much when a founder raises too much money okay it is not necessarily bad because you do want founder fund raising takes efforts i mean you know this i say founders are spending day and nights and i would rather want the founder to focus on building yes. the business and not on fundraise <clears throat> because capital will come he does the right thing capital will come but it and in every 6 months you are out on the road you have to justify things i think that's a huge time thing so mm-hmm. i do think you should have dry powder you should have up to 6 to 12 months of dry powder left uh, in a worst case scenario because things can go wrong yeah but beyond that no then you start making sub optimal decisions correct you are saying theek hai na paisa to hai na to experiment karke dekh lo and that culture permeates that you are okay spending capital because you have it okay if you you know force uh, scarcity of capital the best innovation will happen you don't have capital you i'm not giving it to you then what will you do mm. so that's why i think it's the right balance between dry powder and scarcity if you have too much capital i think that's a different thing and the last point because you know vijay is an amazing entrepreneur yeah. okay paytm as you rightly said demon upi qr codes payment innovations vijay has done a spectacular job of taking every innovation he had a whole bunch of you know lazy slash uh, you know slow moving uh, competitors and he just exploited his the the gap and he the digital revolution the banking revolution he just was the icon the beacon who did all of it but there is a difference between private markets and public markets correct okay when you are public markets it's a very very different ball game and i think people don't realize that sometimes you know michael dell uh, talks very eloquently saying why did he take dell private he said like you know people don't believe in my company people don't understand what i do they are now taking 0.1% stock and you know the stock price is determined not by the largest investor it's yeah. determined by the marginal trader that yeah. day <laughs> so i don't want that marginal trader who doesn't know me who yeah. doesn't believe in me to determine my happiness yeah i would rather take it private so he you know come uh, work with a pe funds and took dell private i think yeah. that was a very spectacular thing but he said now i have the freedom to build my business do the right things otherwise i am always playing to somebody else yeah. whose concerns considerations investment philosophy i don't even understand i don't want to understand also yeah okay so that's why public market valuations private uh, things Uh, because any investor in the private markets when ipo happens wants to get a pop okay. after the pop who do? will buy it and yeah. keep holding <laughs> that was a different angle so i think you know as i think warren buffet has this famous thing right he says the stock market is a is not a counting machine it's a weighing machine are you a good business okay then you will get the value at some stage now at that point of time should it be 20 should it be 18 should it be 25 that depends on who wants to buy and who wants to sell so demand supply if there are more sellers the stock price will fall if there are more buyers the stock price will rise nothing to do with intrinsic of the business nothing to do with you see that in crypto yeah <laughs> people didn't understand crypto it was going up <laughs> crypto guys doing anything phenomenally different no they were not yeah. and then when it fell it was like crypto mein kya ho raha hai are pehle kya ho raha tha jo upar jana chahiye you just cannot a lot of like i have been like you romanticize ipo we put this board with ipo and all that right But you're right. I think public markets create a certain amount of uh, baggage and scrutiny. Crazy amount. Crazy right? amount of scrutiny. You have regulations, rules, and you, there are advantages to it. Because what does all of that do? That says I'm a trusted business. Correct. Because I'm scrutinized <clears throat> by external auditors, internal auditors, SEBI, RBI, could be another twenty other companies. Private. 
I'm not scrutinized by as many entities. Yeah. So that trust enables larger investors to Liquid, liquidation becomes very easy no and problem. then the large guys can invest in you Correct. as opposed to small so fund future fundraises and so on but that trust the seal of trust comes with its with its cost lot of the best businesses in the world mars for example 40 billion dollars completely private cock industries cock coke i don't know how you pronounce yeah. it completely private kargil uh, which is the world kargil. largest in in uh, agriculture again private completely private business yeah large businesses which affects the food value chain completely private because you say look public markets do not allow you often times to do the right decisions yeah and that's where ashish mohapatra's short term versus long term comes in yeah okay public markets are telling you quarter on quarter and you know guidance yeah. it's not as if i have to do well if i gave 10% guidance and i did 9% it's a fall yeah. if i give 5% guidance and did 6% yeah. amazing performance correct. correct so what are you incentivized to do yeah you incentivize us to you know conservative you know expectations ye karo don't <laughs> promise too much keep over delivering uh-huh. markets factor that in they say ye to hamesha conservative hai <laughs> they themselves have an earning consensus on you which is higher that's the trouble that you will always have yeah. 21.73 crores 21.73 crores ha who said this ankur wari ko ha ki 21.73 crores in the bank is enough for me to live my life why 73 <laughs> there is an excel <laughs> model that he has it's a very 80 carni answer to, <laughs> to 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 a question the illusion of accuracy <laughs> correct <laughs> designed to <laughs> so when you assume that accuracy is 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 equal to correctness no nahi but uh, he then he said ki 10 crores i want to put into mars now there was a fundamental fallacy in this issue in this i have 21.73 crores and he said when i am i will die at the 103 so at 103 i will have zero in the bank so i don't want to pass on everything to my friends Decline एक्सपेंसिस if i am at mckinsey what i am making from a salary plus what i need that some of that should be more than that should be made through passive income then i i have built enough now that number for me was 50 crores broadly and number has moved much so my lifestyle hasn't changed much but for some people it's 100 some people it's 25 or so it's 10 etc people have different logics here uh, coming to <clears throat> i'm the reason why i started the barber shop was fundamentally that we have roughly a 800000 per month job deficit india needs to create a million jobs a month we are at 200000 and the only way we can bridge that deficit is if we have more people who are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial in their setups right they need not be unicorn founders and so on but they need to be able to create disproportionate value and deploy people and capital and time to that in a very efficient way and this was started to talk to people like you and ankur and ashish and everyone who's coming in season 1 to understand and humanize entrepreneurship better we tend to make entrepreneurs who are so uber successful in, in not entrepreneurs any field which is uber successful we godify whether it's sachin tendulkar amitabh bachchan whatever right yeah. uh, we godify in politics and the moment you godify you make them untouchable or unrelatable to you you can never aspire for it because you feel like they are gods i am human but to take an entrepreneur and that's what happening now with unicorn founders 
but to break that down and to make them human was the purpose of this and the reason is because i feel that over the next 20 years india has a slingshot opportunity of growth we have broadly stable borders we have a young demographic we have a government independent of who's in power that is stable it's a it's a democracy that works um there is a transition from you know poverty to lower middle class to middle class to upper middle class that transition is real right um so if we don't take advantage of this over the next 20 years we will lose probably the one huge shot we have of uh, of making it big so yeah I, what is what is your view on macro india do you think that it's we should be as optimistic as a lot of us are so i think see by purchasing power i think india is already number 3 if you adjust for uh, us china and so on so i think will we beat us china i think mathematically um, you know it is not easy to beat that but will we create lot more wealth and opportunities for the next generation absolutely okay there is no doubt in my mind because you look at industry after industry i think that's happening and uh, the consumption base is there the export base is increasing um so all of that i think on the macro side is is actually there so i'm extremely bullish on the india's ability to absorb capital globally because i do have a global view of where capital is going where can you put capital latam very difficult africa oh no you won't forget return on on capital you will not even get the return of capital that you're putting <laughs> okay australia very small china depends because you know, sometimes you are like in or yeah. you are out and china may also not take that capital yeah. because the domestic europe not growing as much yeah. us at all actually ha huh, europe, europe is europe struggling a lot yeah us has enough domestic sources of capital so there is no foreign capital and whatever is coming to the rest of the world is also coming from north american yeah. uh, shows because what they cannot deploy so i think in terms of a source of capital and hence the boost to entrepreneurs I think India is number one, if not number two. We are definitely going to be there. So I don't think it's a, um, you know, it is as you rightly said, it is a use it or lose it. Okay, use it because it's our chance, or we are going to lose it because you know, some countries are the perpetual emerging market because they are always emerging. They have never <laughs> capitalized. Like fifty years back, also emerging. Today, also emerging. Some reason or other, I think we have a unique opportunity there, and I think people realize it. That's why you actually see. founders in the 20s you think earlier you say who could found a business you would say the person is late 50s or early 50s he's got a good corporate career got some base responsibilities are not there so the age of the founders has gone down and why is that it is because capital is available people are willing to take risks and the founders their family backgrounds have given them some more comfort have given him the education the values and so on so i think what the baby boomers did to the us in different shape or form i think that's what we are seeing over here that people are willing to risk it people are willing to contribute back aim bigger okay people are not willing to look at their next month's salary check cash flow they're saying let me create value okay let me join a bunch of my like minded friends from iit or from nit or some some campus and say kuch karke dikhate hai kya hoga kya hoga kya wapas kuch kar hi lenge so i think that that spirit is is what i think it's just the entrepreneurial spirit the risk taking spirit which came <clears throat> to our parents much later in their lives okay and again the the regulatory environment is very important india had a tax rate of 93% in the 50s and 60s can you imagine an income tax of 93% <laughs> correct <laughs> why would anybody work correct okay 7% ke liye main thodi kaam karunga it's best to be salaried 
best to be government service so you saw that salaried in the government to salaried in private sector because private sector you had the tatas birlas godrej you should assure you lifelong employment correct then you suddenly had a bunch of new age companies which said it's not lifelong employment but you have a sure shot at value creation immediately as india opened up 91 infosys wipro tcs the pharma companies all of them suddenly people are willing to take chances not be with the stable folks but say growth pe focus karte now i think we are seeing the next wave where from economic liberalization we seeing almost like a mental shift we're yeah. saying why should i work for somebody else let me try my own let me try and create and you are creating entrepreneurs you are creating intrapreneurs think okay i have a backing of a corporate but let me try and do some new stuff and so on so i think that avalanche is just gathering more and more momentum and steam and i think it will continue no doubt wow and uh, do you do you see uh, do you see this in the kind of founders you meet to invest in nowadays etc do you see a certain sense of conviction at least for me when i see a 24 year old founder from an iit roorki or a bitspilani there are two campuses that are really extraordinary on this right they have a give to fuck attitude they're commercially astute their ability to like put down a 3 year business plan is off the charts yeah. they speak all the right words and their conviction in their business is high but if they don't do well they'll take they will figure something else out we figure the next venture out so i think i do see that whole let's give it all it takes uh, we have a great cv yeah. we have a great education we have great skills and qualities and uh, let's let's try yeah first couple of times you know to kya hoga one of the founders early founders told me this uh, he said how many times can i fail law of averages me char bar ko to ek bar to succeed hoga and he said it's very interesting he said i only need to succeed once hmm. to make it big i don't need to succeed every time it stuck with me you don't need to strike big every time Correct. you just need to strike it once you can fail two times third time you strike it fifth time you strike it Correct. you still uh, do it <clears throat> tell me about you personally i remember you toyed with the idea of starting up starting a fund before you took the the last uh, ro- you know the 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 last role that you took uh, where how did you take that decision of 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 moving into an mna strategy senior uh, business role at 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 a global company as opposed to a fund or starting up yourself so you know i think to me the ability to work globally is a very important aspect because i just feel you're able to like connect and bring best practices um and that was a very important part of mckinsey also that you could work across the world and i think those experiences and that decisions are not just linked to professional it's also about what i want to do in a broader context of life in general what are the experiences that you want because beyond a point careers thing is you can always optimize it in the context of my work or you can say work is only one of the things that defines me hmm. okay so i took that choice to say i do want to uh, actually explore the world i do want to see what else is happening elsewhere both from the personal side and as professional side okay plus it gave me a chance to actually do what i really like to do which is do m&as do investment structurings and so on so that was actually and it also gave me a chance to contribute back from a very different standpoint because a farmer a grower is a very vulnerable uh, thing you know i think of it the farmers who put food on our tables three times a day are actually the best entrepreneurs yeah they're taking risk they invest 30% of their net worth every season 
to buy the crop inputs. Yes. They don't know if the rain will spoil it. There will be too much rain, then it's gone. Too less rain, then it's gone. Prices may change. Something else may happen. Supply chains. 60% of the food India has is wasted. Correct. Uh, so Pre-consumption. 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 So, the comp- post-consumption on our plates <laughs> is like a different... Uh, it's a, anybody who wastes food on the table, I think, makes a crime. But to me, very important part was, you know, if you can really help that grower constituent... Uh, I think it would be very fulfilling for me, number one. Number two is agriculture also from a climate change standpoint. I was lucky enough to be at Davos and at COP26. Um, some of the major things are going on about the climate in the world. And you suddenly realize the role that agriculture plays. I think this is fascinating. And without solving that problem, you're not going to solve uh, you know, the problem of the 1.5 degrees that is being spoken of and so on. So to me, the role gave me a chance to do what I want personally see what's happening on some of the most critical issues and still stay connected to India because, you know, it gives me an opportunity to do both. Then I was like, why not? Let's experiment with it. Let's explore what's uh, uh, happening. And it gives me the ability to help founders, help, uh, you know, people whom I really like to do. You told me an interesting thing. You said that I don't, I don't want to work for money anymore. I've kind of, I've made my, I've made what is, what I will ever need. Um, explain that to me. Of course, we know McKinsey is a, you know, fairly, uh, if you do very well at McKinsey and you become senior partner and so on, you obviously make a lot of money. But what is that for you? Because that's a question a lot of young people are struggling struggling with. And the ranges, as Ankur was saying yesterday, the ranges are spectacular. There's someone who will say, I need 50 lakh rupees. That's it. That's all. <laughs> that's all I need. A 23-year-old kid. And there's someone else who's saying, I need a thousand crores. Below that, I am not happy. And I think the extremities of that indicate just a lack of understanding of of what money in its absolute form actually is. So, and I know you're one of the most astute thinkers of money in general, not only individually for yourself, but in general, given the kind of work you do and the kind of person you are. So, tell me about your relationship with money and 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 what it what do you say what do you meant when you said that I don't need to work for money ever again. So. I think in life, in from a pure number standpoint, I think there are only four clubs. Okay, if you look at it from young, there's a million dollar club, and this is all net worth excluding house. So liquid net worth. Liquid net worth yeah. broadly, and you can have a second net worth excluding the house you stay in. Okay. Because you can have multiple houses. That's a real estate portfolio choice. And those are y- yielding houses. So that that could that, be uh, yielding, could not be yielding, but you can always sell them, right? and you will not be on the street. So you have a million dollars, ten million dollars. 100 million dollars and a billion dollars. Uh-huh. There are only four clubs. You have to make a decision at some stage. It, I think at 25, you don't know what it means. You don't know what a million dollars means. You don't know what thousand crore also means. Okay, by the time you're 35, 40, you have a good understanding. I think you have to select which club you're aspiring for. Each club requires certain choices and trade-offs that you have to make. You cannot say, I will be working for salary and I want to be a billion dollar club member. <laughs> Very few people will ever, it's just not possible. Yeah, if you were an early employee of uh, Facebook and you're still earning salaries, but your money is not coming from salary. Sal- you cannot be a billion dollar club member. Yeah. Million dollars, some people, then, then it are certain choices that you are making. Okay. So I think if you decide conceptually, which club do you want to be a member of? Each club has different tasks, what the lifestyles are different and you cannot compare them. You cannot compare. So first, my suggestion is always, at some stage in life, figure out which club you want to be. And everything else then is a part of that club. If you feel, no, no, I want to have houses in multiple cities around the world. By definition, you're moving towards a 
hundred million ish club because you cannot get anywhere. If you say no, I want one house. I want to definitely have a car. I want to have two kids. I want to them to have good education. Then you don't need to be in that hundred million club. It could be a ten million club. It could be whatever. So I I also think that the clubs will force you to do certain things, but will also then determine many of your other life choices. And they have to be consistent. It doesn't matter which club you want to be. Just make sure that your ambition and your club membership are actually very consistent. You will get that. I think your equation is fine. For me, it was first about uh, you know there was this famous um, Ashwin Chandra. I think he's uh, he runs Euclidean Capital, which huh. is the family office of Jim Simmons, hmm. who's the Renaissance Technologies yes. founder, one of the most successful hedge fund managers. So Ashwin, the most the most famous investor no one has heard of. Like most the, famous investor who has a better track record than Warren Buffett, yeah. who most people don't know. Yeah. Okay. And Renaissance is <clears throat> outstanding. I mean, outstanding. Yash, Yash said getting an interview at Renaissance and for in their con team is itself an achievement. People put it on their CVs that I was interviewed at Renaissance. Never worked there, but I was. I got Doesn't an inter- I got matter. an interview. So Jim Simmons and uh, Jim Simmons family office because Jim Simmons is hardcore into numbers is Euclidean capital because Euclid. <laughs> and Ashwin manages. Uh, I think he's the head wow. of that uh, thing. He wrote a book. I forget in 2016, I forget the name of the book, but in that Ashwin basically said, you know, your equation with money is a function of how you think of, so it's beyond Markowitz. It's not the risk return thing that you're yeah. doing. What you're, eventually, I, there are lots of things about the book and Ashwin's a phenomenal investor himself and manager, but I took away, there is certain things which I need for safety. Okay. So one house, one, this is a safety assets. Hmm. You decide if I have salary, which is a stable income. Let me take risks on my investing side. Doesn't matter, na? Even if they become zero, my cash flows are not affected. You will. That's it. Works every time. So most entrepreneurs I know will invest their personal money in the safest of things. They will buy an insurance product which is twenty-year fixed income lock-in. <laughs> they will take a treasury yield uh, thing because all risks are being taken on the business side. Correct. So you need to preserve wealth on the personal side. Yeah. So I think what happens is a barbellian, barbell kind of a thing that on one hand you take as much risk as you can, the other hand you play as safe as you can. What do you play safe in? So if you look at all the sports players, because we started on sports, many of the sports players know that their career is limited. Yeah. They are going to maximize earnings up to say 30, 35. If you're federal, you can keep going for yeah. long. Until 40. But, but, yeah, 40, right. but yeah, so there is a certain <clears throat> income earning period. Okay. So you maximize it. After that, all you have to do is preserve. Yeah. Because you're not going to get any new income. Correct. So if you've made 10 million, you've made 30, you've made 100. After that, the increase is only a function of how you manage that, the stuff. Now, there are sports people who go bankrupt. You say, shit, this guy was number one. How did he go bankrupt? I mean, you look at, dice it, you realize that they haven't managed their money well because they took risks at the same time that they were actually play, taking up uh, risks on their game. Correct. No, you don't do that. You actually put it in the safest of places possible because you want the power of compounding and you don't want to take any losses. Yeah. So I remember when you told me, like when, when I came into the money a little bit, right? And you told me that you are anyways very high on the risk uh, given your most of your, your wealth is in Bombay Shaving Company and is illiquid. So with this, think about two things, revenue and capital. This is your capital. Put it in, put it in equity markets or wherever you are comfortable and then don't look at it. Whatever you need, you just keep that to the side. And I remember you also told me, you have to do what you want with it. 
but put the rest and don't look at it because that's what will that's what uh, will kind so of compound hobby money huh. there is some hobby money all of us need hobby money to whether it's to buy something to invest in something uh, take hobby money aside uh-huh. okay. don't think of returns on hobby money you are not doing your hobby for financial returns correct but everything else depends on if you are a salaried person getting very stable assured so mckinsey context or corporate jobs very stable reasonably stable i mean recession things go wrong but even then in many countries you have uh, social security if you're fired you get x so sometimes people want to be fired because i think if, you, if i leave i'm not going to get anything but if i'm fired there is a great uh, hmm. outcome there so then actually you should think about investing very differently because everything is safe 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 correct then you are disproportionate won't happen now of course it again depends on your ambitions okay outside so what will you do with that money because somebody once told me what does it matter how much you have if you are never going to use it yeah. okay i have 100 in my bank account 1000 in my bank account 10000 i can just say i have 100000 in the bank account if i'm never going to use it it doesn't matter okay. so to me a stage comes uh, and earlier it is the better is you see rather than from having something you are doing something which is i call it from assets to experiences so at the end of the day i don't need to own a house in say lonavala to enjoy and experience lonavala yeah i can go and take a saffron villas or lohono stays or whatever else i can stay in a hotel if i have a house to me it's about there's a headache <laughs> i have to keep managing it like why why would i have the money and take the headache i don't want to have the money and take the headache if i have the money i don't want to take the headache correct okay. correct it just doesn't make at least to me correct so that's why from having you move to doing so it's all about experiences it could be a great play somewhere it could be watching something it could be going somewhere and i think then it almost becomes like being okay where you say ki you know what time is all about conversations just i'm with somebody it it's a very evolutionary phase from a life standpoint so from a 25 year old i wouldn't even say that 25 i would say that you will have certain life goals okay earlier people used to want to have a house used to want to have a car used to own nowadays sometimes people say why should i have a house rental yields are uh, phenomenal i'm mm-hmm. not going to own anything which is okay car yes i may have it i may not have it i can use uber i can use whichever one so i think if there is a certain minimum assets that you want to have please build first towards those okay the second thing i would say is for money whatever i mean ray dalio did this very well principles that you have about money you need to be very clear and i wrote down a few principles i said whatever is my one year expenses i will always put that in my bank account even if it is not earning as much interest one year expenses have to always be in the account because whatever happens one if in one year i am not able to stabilize myself then i have a different problem <laughs> money is not going to solve it it mean i don't have the skills second i said is i will never sell a asset till i really need it okay i'm not going to liquidate it i just don't believe in liquidating because warren buffett thing is just compound and somebody do this maths is 1.01 raised to 365 and 0.99 raised to 365 correct so 1.01 raised to 365 is 38 and 0.99 raised to 365 is 0.03 it's almost close to 0 so that one delta so every day don't don't stop compounding unless you really have to and i really believe that so liquidate only when necessary otherwise figure out a figure out so like that there are a few others but i just think once you write down those principles i think you are uh, like for example another one i used to have not now but 5 years back i should say is income minus 
expenses is not savings the income minus savings is the expenses do you fix savings yeah and then that's what you decide with expenses because early on you just then create a savings kitty which doesn't change you can also say look i am some people get very more initially i did that more sophistication saying saving for x saving for y saving for z but it becomes like too uh, you know then you have to be really disciplined uh. but you just say saving and then put the savings either in a long term in a mutual fund product or you're just buying the market uh, and reduce the expenses that you pay to financial services providers okay because expenses and costs kill the returns okay nobody outperforms the market over time broadly 5% people outperform and even out of those five if you net off expenses almost nobody outperforms so why do that i mean you can still do it to try and generate alpha on certain part of the portfolio but otherwise just try and buy the market and long term for somebody who is in their 20s they should like just buy equities till their 40 just buy equities correct and it will equity will keep appreciating you liquidate if you want a house okay and but you take mortgage now in india of course with the income tax rules changing mortgage is no longer as attractive as it was yeah. but earlier when i took my first mortgage it was like so financially attractive you are getting tax benefits and uh, you are putting only 20% of capital so i just thought that that was a very good way was to always use debt whenever you can because with debt you optimize the power of equity correct without debt you are not optimizing any power of equity completely agree with you completely agree with you and what happens when do you feel like you at what age do you think you can decide what club you want to be is that a function 35, of age? i think broadly 35 because by then you've gone through ups and downs you've seen a career you know what your current graph is you know that shit now if i don't change uh, i'm never going to hit the 100 then you know you need to make some course corrections or you can say look i think at this rate i will i will hit there you may still change but you don't change for money okay people may change because you know i really want to do my own startup yeah somebody like falguni nair yeah. at 50 after having a, such a phenomenal career as a investment banker and uh, so on you set up a startup pretty sure that was not for money yeah all the money was always there and you look at some of the most successful people uh, dr reddy the the hospital yeah. apollo hospitals founder um he was like 60s he had done his stuff in the us when he came back to india set up the hospital chain so you suddenly start seeing people do different things but they are not doing that for money i am talking of it more from a money standpoint if you have to change it i think at 35 36 you evaluate you have had 10 12 years of experience maybe 15 years of work ex depending on when you uh, start so i think after a 10 year work experience no you can really figure out what trajectory you are headed on and the, if that does not match with your ambitions uh-huh. if it matches keep doubling down and if it doesn't you need to figure out how to change or or rewire ambition see most people at 35 my suggestion is never to rewire ambition because you have enough of time yeah. why would you need to rewire ambition no if you are 75 you can rewire ambition <laughs> even then uh, may not be but why at 35 no rewiring of ambition just realize i think it's a huge thing realizing that this path does not go where i want it to is a very important realization did covid change a lot of the thinking for you in terms of just acute awareness of mortality just being oh, absolutely absolutely i think young COVID, kids and i was involved with the municipal yes. corporation where i was seeing death Uh, on a quite a regular basis and he would come back and be like everybody is safe everybody is not safe and masks and it was like the paranoia of a different order all of us have lost people either one degree of separation two degrees 
so in our case also it was when you realize saying you know you have all the money you have you know what, what do you do with it if you can't get a bed yeah. uh, if you can't meet somebody uh, and i i saw that in there was a funeral i attended during covid where people were speaking about nice things about the person and all and i was like shit the last time i met this person was only 5 years back so i'm speaking nice things but i never had to took out the time to meet again it came back to me it was time yeah so constantly it came back saying how do i use the time in the best possible manner and um, covid really really shook the foundations of what you think is assured i mean it's all of us are like this you no know, product which has you know an expiry date yeah. except we don't know what an expiry date is yeah. the question is would we do things differently if we knew yeah. i think we would do i think people who come back from a near death experience and so on they suddenly why do they change because they just realize that some things are not worth the battle and the stress and so on so you never i'm never very stressed by anything cuz so i'm like is this worth it is this something 5 years from now i would be worried about so i've just gotten used to asking myself that subconsciously now earlier i was to get worked up uh, everything would work me up right it was batch mentality somebody is progressing ahead of me somebody has more money then i said would this matter five years from now yeah you said no and covid just increased that thought process and yeah. that was also one of the times that when i decided to leave mckinsey it was during covid i remember because he just told me that what i am doing am i really uh, you know doing something which i would sort of say i would don't want nothing but but this so my prioritizations and priorities really changed i remember we met in boston and you had said oh, by by my 40th birthday i think that time you were 38 or i will leave i thought you were kind of you are you are tailor made for mckinsey you will kind of you will many people you, thought that uh, you will be a lifer and you will, I, i genuinely thought there was an alumni group when i think when uh, <coughs> when gotham was being elevated uh, and there were these thoughts about who's going to be the next india ceo or whatever or even the time before that your name was very much in the mix and we were like no toshan toshan will definitely and i for someone who's worked with you I always thought but when covid happened i realized that even for me for example parents being far away aging in a way uh younger brother being half way around the world suddenly you realize that what you're doing building the company this daily stresses you take may not be <laughs> you're right if i knew the expiry date i had on my own self i might do things very very differently amazing it's actually quite eye opening uh, toshan any i think um, as we kind of uh, this has been absolutely incredible to talk to you and thank you for taking out the time but lastly before we close um, our objective is to get more people to become entrepreneurial slash entrepreneurs um and you're talking you spoken at length about the mental shift that we as a country are making but if a if there's someone watching who is in a job super intelligent backs themselves thinks of themselves as future founders etc what nudge would you give them like just how, how would you tell them that it's okay to go and do something uh for themselves as opposed to not take that risk i think it's a very tough question because it's such a personal thing because the reasons why people get into entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial ventures is very different some people get it into for money some people get it for fame some people because they want to change the world they want to disrupt things so the why is are so different so it's becomes very difficult to say this is thing but i actually think if 
you can't sleep on something for more than six months that keeps bugging you just do it because the opportunities in india are always going to be there okay so you if not nothing you will do something else and your life will you know we glorify this and so on most decisions are reversible yeah. okay most not yeah. all there are some uh, relationships and so on are a lot more fragile in that sense and a broken glass even if it is put together you can still see the cracks yeah. but to me the thing would be if that idea or that thought bugs you for long and my long i mean 6 months hmm. and it's always easy to have a evening of drinks and then kuch karte 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 by morning it all like dissipates <laughs> or uh you know the next job which offers you 15% extra 30% extra 40% extra you jump onto that and then you jump onto that uh then it that's not uh, the case but if you really haven't been able to sleep and it pinches you like a stone in your shoe then 6 months you will never be happy unless you try it get that whole thing out of your system but do it thoughtfully yeah i would just say that you know you have to do it thoughtfully don't be crazy about it your idea is good that you that you want to do it but test it make sure you have enough conviction yeah and then just go all in because there is no support system then i remember you know both of us are maharashtrians in that sense and the story of tanaji malusre yeah. was she was his general yeah. and he had to take the very well guarded fort of kondana yeah. thanks to ajay devgan movie everybody knows that story yeah. hopefully does but yeah. the reason why tanaji won was not because of the bravery of the marathas I don't think bravery had anything to do with that part. Marathas were brave, no doubt. Okay, no doubt they were brave. But the battle was turning against them. Ah, okay. And the only way, and Tanaji was almost dead uh, at that time. So his brother, uh, brother or Surya Ji, um, he cut the ropes of escape. And what he told the Marathas was, "Look, if you want to run, there are no ropes to climb down because the Marathas had climbed up. So there are no ropes to climb down. You will have to jump." Yeah. and if you jump there is 100% death correct okay here are the moguls you fight them you have more than 50% chance of winning correct so he just brought the probabilities to life so well that you know 100% death versus more than 50% life what would you select it's a no brainer decision yeah. and all yeah. the marathas fought and they fought with their life and for their lives and they won and it was a amazing victory which turned the whole thing in uh, shivaji's favor so i just feel that uh, you cut off all the safety ropes then yeah. okay sometimes i see people are saying i will do this but in my day job and at night i will start my something and all <laughs> i just find it very difficult because you will never be able to yeah. truly succeed unless you cut off all your parachutes and safety nets and buffers so i would say do it cautiously cautiously but if it has bothered you for 6 months if it is 3 months and you change don't do it because i don't think it's for everybody yeah but if it is for you i think the stakes are not that high you will get funding I, there is no doubt you will get funding there are enough and more people out there providers of capital capital exceeds entrepreneurship this correct. is the best thing that could happen to india correct okay in many countries entrepreneurs are there but there is no capital correct. because they are saying the country has a negative list kind of thing country is risky people have spoiled it india is other way around yeah entrepreneurs are there you rightly said government is encouraging so just just do it i think The Nike symbol here is would be my uh, suggestion. Awesome! Thank you so much, Toshan. It's been an absolute privilege to host you on the Barber Shop. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Shantanu. And I hope that uh, Barber Shop will now beat Joe Rogan at its <laughs> viewership. I hope so. Thank you so much.